Uh, ladies and gentlemen, could I have your attention, please? Um, excuse me, uh, um... Quiet! Why, you, you gotta project from the diaphragm. Thank you, Rizzo. You're welcome. Hiya, Kermit. It's Mickey. Uh, Mickey? I'm calling on the picture phone to see how the show's going. Oh, it's going, uh, uh, great. Just great. Hi, I'm Dorothy. I'm Dinah. I'm Max. Yeah, Debbie was sick, so, uh, the union sent me. Debbie was sick, so the you... <clears throat> I can't do this show alone. Uh, I know. The gang can't be far. I'll call them. W. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 249 for the week of November 20th, 2011. World Showcase in Epcot affords guests unique opportunities to learn about and experience cultures from around the world via a promenade that spans just over one mile. And while speaking with cast members from these host countries, Tasting their food and exploring the pavilions are just a few of the ways to truly get a sense of the culture and history. Another way is through their music. And this week, we'll look at some of the live musical acts to be found in Epcot, discuss some of our favorites, offer tips on how to get the most out of experience in the acts, and ask you to join in the conversation as well. I'll then have a couple of announcements and play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. To experience Walt Disney World to the fullest, you need to make time to enjoy some of the entertainment beyond the attractions and the shows. And while I enjoy sharing and highlighting some of Walt Disney World's hidden treasures, some are not so hidden at all, yet are still overlooked. Epcot Center is a true showcase of future technologies and world cultures, and it also offers some of not only the best attractions and food in Walt Disney World, but some of its best entertainment. And you don't need to seek very hard to find it, but you should take the time to discover it simply by walking along the World Showcase Promenade. And to help me highlight some of our favorite acts in Walt Disney World's Epcot Center, is Chuck Lionberger. He is a blogger over at DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. Chuck, welcome back, buddy. Always a pleasure to be back. Uh, it's great to have you back. I want to give you congratulations as well, too. Uh, recently, we were both um, featured in Southern Living Magazine talking about Walt Disney World's 40th anniversary. It was an honor to be in the magazine alongside you. It was a lot of fun doing that. Definitely was a pleasure. So I always say, and I really do believe, that the best way to learn about and experience the culture, other than obviously actually visiting a nation, is through its food. I think that food brings people together around the table. Uh, it's a multi-sensory experience and lets you appreciate the people by how they live and the flavors they savor and the customs that they keep. But I think a close second is through the music. I think it's an artistic expression of the culture. It's easily shared and consumed by everyone and it really lets you feel, you know, through the music, whether it's upbeat, whether it tells a story, or it maybe honors some of the ancient traditions. And I think you really get a sense of that with the live music. One of my one of the, my favorite reasons, and one of the reasons why I enjoy sort of just wandering the promenade in Epcot so much. Oh, without a doubt. And, and Lou, congratulations. It only took us about 15 seconds to get to food. <laughs> live music, though, think about this. If you go watch a movie, what would happen if you took the music away? It'd be a boring movie. That's because music plays such a vital role in everything we do. And so live music, the opportunity to see performers performing their craft live and in person and to see different types of music from uh, something along the lines of, of off-kilter over in Canada to uh, some of the uh, – Folks over sort to you know to the Oompa band music in Germany. 
that is a very, very different type of music than sometimes we Americans uh, are used to hearing. You Brits, some of you Brits listening, others around the world, you, you already know what we're talking about here. But for Americans, we don't always hear that kind of music. And so to have the opportunity to see that live and in person is just is really wonderful. And it really does bring out the spirit of Epcot, which is to expose you, the guest, to life in another place. Yeah, and just on a general sense, I love live music in the parks. And this is unfortunately, I think, something that's uh, sometimes gotten lost over the years. I, yeah. I miss, like in the Magic Kingdom, I remember as a kid seeing the Adventureland Steel Drum Band. It was JP and the Silver Stars or the Pearly Band. You would find those a lot, sort of, uh, sort of wandering the parks. I like the things that are unannounced, these these unexpected surprises sometimes, like the Banjo Brothers and Bob that come out in Frontierland. Really, it helps to engage the guests and, and sets the mood, and it really is fun and upbeat. It's one of the things that when I went out to Disneyland, I noticed they had a lot of, you know, the, the jazz band in New Orleans Square, and I really, really enjoy that. So that's part of the reason why I like uh, where, you know, having it, in all the pavilions in Epcot 2. And again, like I said, it's a way for us to experience the culture through their music. Yeah, it's it's an example of uh, a piece of another country, just as you said, the food, as you see the architecture, as you see the dress of the cast members, even listening to their language, a music and their music is part of their culture. So to be able to experience that, is part of experiencing that particular country and uh, that particular pavilion. And look, it doesn't hurt if you have a little nosh from the Tangerine Cafe while you listen to Mo Rocca. (laughs) You know, there's nothing better than, you know, eating and drinking your way around the world and listening to some great live music while you're at it. So why don't we take a virtual stroll around World Showcase? Yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to literally wander around the promenade. But the one thing I do want to say that we are actually going to leave out of the conversation are some of the special events, uh, things like the Eat to the Beat or the Sounds Like Summer, the concert series that mm-hmm. takes place uh, a number of times throughout the year, whether it's Flower and Garden Festival, Food and Wine Festival, because those are, we want to talk about the things that are there all the time. So no matter right. when you go to Walt Disney World, if you haven't taken the time, hopefully we want to introduce you to some of maybe our favorites, some of the ones that have been there for years, maybe a few that maybe you haven't seen before. If you think you've seen them all, you may be surprised that there's a couple of new acts. And we're going to sort of take a, a counterclockwise. And I know when we were talking about this offline, you were saying that for you, you know, we're, we're starting off by hitting a home run. We're going to we're going to knock it out of the oh, park yeah, for you first because we're going to begin in Canada. And off kilter is arguably not just your, but a lot of Disney fans' favorite live entertainment in World Showcase. Off-Kilter is nothing short of a blast. Off-Kilter, it's it's very high energy. It's a, a rock band, and I use the word rock really, really loosely because, you know, it's kind of hard to think, you know, rock with the bagpipes, but yet here we are. So they play a lot of, of like I said, high energy music um, from a, a number of different uh, provinces across Canada. There's also some little bit of Celtic rock. There's some French songs and other things like that. And then they'll go in and kind of play some some more familiar tunes. And all along, they're playing with the audience and they're having fun. This is, in my opinion, the most fun band that you will find, uh, or, or most fun live performance that you will find all along World Showcase. They actually have uh, CDs as well that they have. Uh, printed, and I've got a couple of CDs of Off Kilter. It's that good. It's music I actually listen to outside of the park. So Off Kilter, far and away, my number one live uh, music opportunity in all of Epcot. And again, you are not alone. I think the thing about Off Kilter that makes it so popular is it. it is not just sort of a passive sit-down, listen-to-a-concert kind of, uh, or, or listen-to-a-group kind of thing. It is a a more of an interactive experience they get you know people in the audience involved and engaged and they tell jokes and there's you know a lot of sort of uh unique style humor that the guys from off kilter have i mean a lot of people may stop because first of all you can hear the band from completely across the world showcase lagoon but you walk by and we're not used to seeing 
guys in kilts playing the accordion, playing the bagpipes, as well as playing, you know, modern electronic synthesizers. And they've got this mix of rock music and Celtic music and you can't help but stop and listen. And then the next thing you know, you're kind of moving with, with them. And the next thing you know, you're looking at the Times Guide to see when you can come back and catch their next set. Yeah, and, and speaking of that, I guess that's something we probably need to say right off the bat. To catch a lot of these uh, performers all around World Showcase, you really do want to pick up a Times Guide because they each of the different uh, performers hold their own performances and they're at different times of the day and they do very wildly um for off kilter for instance usually at this time of uh, year is running in the afternoons anywhere from 2:30 to about 7:30 and and they do about uh, you know four or five to six performances it just varies depending on what you're uh, coming to see but very strongly recommended to go ahead and pick up a times guide uh, as you're coming into the park so you can get an idea of uh, who's playing when and where yeah and you should you know, include those as you are mapping out your day. So look at the guide again. You said off kilter begins about two 30. They have shows probably about once an hour. The, the set lasts about 30 minutes or so. So you can sort of plan your day around well, certainly when you eat, but wanting to see some of the acts in the world showcase as well. You. And the nice thing too, right next door, you can grab a cup of coffee. You can grab a pastry and sit out on the benches uh, and listen to them. And if you've never heard them before, you should sort of take your time. And I think, like we said, this may arguably become one of your your favorites. And one, and you should check out all the different sets too, because the set at two thirty may be very different than the set you get at six thirty. Oh, without a doubt, because I mean, think about it. If you were the members of Off Kilter, it would be pretty boring to say play the same thirty minutes of music the whole day. So they do vary it up themselves, and and just like any live performance, every single time is unique. It's never going to be the same twice because it's live and because of all that interaction. One of the other things I like about Off Kilter and part of it is where they're located and the music fits to where the the set is physically located. It's it's on the far side of the Canada Pavilion almost to where the United Kingdom Pavilion starts and when you listen to that music, if you're not necessarily familiar with it, it might sound very Celtic. It might sound something that comes more say from Scotland or Ireland than from Canada. I think off-kilter is a perfect example of how the Imagineers were using music to transition you from country to country. Yeah, and because the members of the band are not necessarily all from Canada, they're from Canada and Puerto Rico and Ireland, you'll get a very different mix of their styles and their humor and their and their, uh, their sort of musical flair when you come and see them. Uh, I, I totally agree. Off-Kelter is a must-do. It uh, For years, it was voted the sort of favorite theme park musical act, not just in, in World Showcase, but anywhere, and uh, it's certainly well-deserved. And as you sort of make your way continuing counterclockwise around the promenade moving over to the united kingdom this one chuck for a lot of uh, longtime disney fans the next act uh some people may love some people may not love as much because of who they miss uh, uh not very long ago the the beatles cover band the british invasion their contract was up and they were replaced by the british revolution and they're actually known as the british airwaves outside of walt disney world and they don't just play Beatles songs. They play, you know, psychedelic 60s mm-hmm. to 80 sounds from The Clash and Bowie and Pink Floyd and The Police. And they do pay some some Beatles and The Who as well. Um, it's nice. I, you know, I like it because it does sort of mix things up. If you're used to seeing the British invasion, this is one of the things I was hinting to. You might be pleasantly surprised if you go uh, by the, the garden in the back uh, in the little sort of town square in the, in the United Kingdom and catch a set of the British Revolution. This is one of those where you may be walking down the main promenade in the United Kingdom Pavilion and you're hearing these Beatles songs playing and you kind of look around thinking, where in the world is that coming from? You'll need to walk down the street, literally, into the pavilion itself and then you'll find the gazebo area where the British Revolution are playing. I frankly was one of those that uh, I kind of missed the British invasion. I liked the tribute to the Beatles, um, which is really where a lot of it got started. Um, I understand the the intent now to kind of broaden that horizon to the British Revolution, and they they do a wonderful performance themselves. Don't get me wrong; uh, both bands were exceptional. Um, this is a you know where 
off kilter was number one. British Revolution is number two. So these, in my opinion, are, are kind of the, the one-two punch for live music uh, in Epcot. So you can literally just go from watching Off-Kilter to watching the Revolution and just go back and forth. And very similar to Off-Kilter, their sets vary up and, and they're different uh, each time. Yeah, one of the things I like, too, about the British Revolution is not just what they play, but where they play. Because I think that music sort of uh, draws you into the back of the United Kingdom Pavilion in that town square that the corners of Regal and High Streets. And while there's no seating per se like there is for off-kilter, you can find a couple of nice shady spots um, on the stoops or off on the side or by the um, by the uh, garden right there. And it's a really nice venue back there too uh, and, and sort of helps you or maybe encourages you to maybe explore a little bit deeper into the United Kingdom that you might not have done otherwise. Yeah, this is also another uh, nice layout that you can even be inside the shops uh, getting some of that shopping done and, and buying things for all the friends who weren't able to come with you to Walt Disney World. And at the same time, you're listening to uh, all the, the music that is coming from the British Revolution because it's a lot of fun. Another great place that you can you know hop into Rosen Crown, grab a pint, and then go over and listen to the British Revolution. Yeah, and I know we're, we're really primarily talking about this outdoor, the outside the pavilion live entertainment, but as long as we're mentioning the Rosen Crown, I would be remiss if I did not mention the hat lady. And if you go into the Rose and Crown to eat or if you want to sit in the pub, uh, most nights, um, about four times a night, she'll play a set starting about 5.30 or so, going on to 8.30. She plays in the pub. Her name is Carol. She is incredibly, incredibly talented pianist. More importantly, she is fun. She is super lively, way high up on the caffeine scale. Um, Plays a lot of great sort of pub music, not just uh, English pub music, but really sort of international uh, kind of music uh, from the United Kingdom. She, too, is one of those must-sees. And again, if you're just sort of walking with friends and spending an evening uh, or a couple of hours maybe just sitting in the pub, you've got to go and see the Hat Lady. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, another wonderful performance. Again, this is another one of those you can be just outside and hear what's going on too. So uh, as you're maybe standing in line for the fish and chips there at the little kiosk, you uh, might just be able to pick up a few bars of her playing. Yeah, and next door uh, over in France, there is no musical act per se. And we've talked in the past, and I'll link in this week's show notes to the other episode where we talked about some of the live entertainment on the the promenade and a server amusant uh this this sort of comical waiter acrobatic team is more of a it's it's less about a musical act but you do get some sort of great french music as you walk by too and again just want to sort of mention if you see these guys if you see a couple of waiters coming out stacking tables and chairs and wine bottles you might want to slow down a little bit and uh, and pay attention to what's going on yeah, but speaking of missing live music, this is one of the pavilions, though, where I, I kind of really think that some live music needs to come because you know French music itself, and, and you can hear it in the background of when server amusement is playing, you know, that type of, of music, you know, the, the, the French um, music itself, it's very distinctive. And you know, really, I think that this is somewhere where maybe Disney needs to consider expanding uh, some of their live music offerings. So, you know, who knows, maybe one day. So would you want to see something that's more modern French or more sort of classical French? Because you remember Nova Era? Remember when Nova Era yeah. used to play on the promenade? I loved Nova Era. It was it was classical music with mm -hmm. a modern touch to it. Maybe something like that even in over in France. Yeah, or possibly something where it kind of mixes up, where you can have that mix of the, of the very classical uh, French style and then add in or, or mix in with some of the, the more modern music. But... I just think that you know, one of the, the benefits to Epcot and to every pavilion is the chance to showcase the country and showcase the culture. And as we've been saying, music is a critical part of that culture. And so for the French pavilion not to have some sort of live music opportunity, I think is an opportunity missed. And we've been talking about encouraging people to slow down or stop. I think one pavilion where many people do sometimes – much to the dismay of their, their wives or girlfriends, where many people do stop and maybe slow down a little bit much, is over in Mo in Morocco. And mm -hmm. the band there is Moroccan. It's a six-person musical act. They play traditional Moroccan music, uh, but really with a much more sort of 
contemporary kind of flair. But I think one of the things that helps slow people down is not just necessarily what they see, but what they hear. Uh, not necessarily what they hear, but what they see, because accompanying Moroccan is a traditional belly dancer. Yeah, and it's funny because when you think and hear the word belly dancer, you really kind of think about something you know very exotic and almost parents you know, covering the eyes of the little kids. And it really isn't that at all. You know, this is a it's a dance form uh, that has been, of course, is is very common in in Morocco and in that part of the world, and it's actually very beautiful and and very graceful. I, how these performers can can move in that way, I just blows me away. Moroccan uh, is very much, in my opinion, like off kilter. You take a lot of classical mixed with contemporary rock uh, and other types of music to create something that's that's really very special and something that's just fantastic to listen to. You know, I can just sit and listen to set after set after set of Moroccan because it really is uh, just fantastic to listen to. Well, and that's the thing too, you know, in Canada, in the United Kingdom, a lot of times you're hearing songs that you're familiar with. Morocco is completely the opposite because I, I would assume for most of the people who are walking by the promenade, this sort of Arabic music is not something that we are all too familiar with or that we listen to very often, but it is very beautiful and is very melodic. And you do find yourself, and they help get you engaged in this with with clapping your feet and uh, clapping mm-hmm. your feet, really. How about clapping your hands and tapping your feet? And, you know, every now and then you might find somebody who might want to try their hand at belly dancing as well, too. But it's a very, very fun, and like you said, it's a beautiful performance as well. It really is. And I think Mo Rockin probably wins the award for best band to draw you in to truly experience a different culture. Because for most of us and for most of the folks listening to this podcast, they're familiar with the more European and Northern uh, American uh cultures, but they're probably not all that familiar with some of the Arabic cultures. So for Moroccan to be that hook, to be that anchor, to draw people in, to spend some time in the Morocco Pavilion and learn a little bit about Morocco and come to understand Morocco and come to understand some of the Arabic cultures that, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions uh, about uh, some of the Arabic cultures. So to be able to come in and understand that, I think Moroccan uh, gets the gold star. Yeah, and too, you can also get uh, similar types of music and a similar type of show, and don't be afraid to take sort of a culinary leap and go and eat uh, at Restaurant Marrakesh as well, mm-hmm. not just for the belly dancers, but for the food and the culture uh, and the show that they perform there as well. Uh, but the, I have to tell you, Chuck, the next two pavilions are my two favorites for two very different reasons. And next, you know, in order on the promenade is arguably my favorite pavilion uh, for a variety of reasons. I've talked about this on the show before. I love Japan and I love uh, Matsuritsa. Uh, they are the, the taiko drummers uh, that are outside at the Gojunotu Pagoda right in front of the pavilion. Uh, I'm sure you've heard it before. Again, it, the oh, yeah. sort of music echoes across World Showcase Lagoon. The, these deep beating drums. Actually, taiko stands for great drums. And I love this because of I love the sounds, I love the, the Japanese culture, but I also like the fact that the music itself uh, has such historical importance and meaning. It, it goes back you know, hundreds of years uh, to religious ceremonies and festivals and even performances on battlefields. Uh, it really is meant to sort of reflect the spirit and the essence of the Japanese people. Uh, it's also sort of kind of they have CDs of Taiko Drummer. It's sort of gotten this rebirth in popularity for this type of music. Um, and, and one of the things I really love, it's beautiful to watch. I mean, they, the people who are the drummers, again, these are not sort of small percussion drums. These are huge drums that are a few feet across that are either stood up uh, vertically or horizontally. And you can see the muscles in their arms. As they be, and it's a beautifully choreographed musical performance. Oh, I'm sorry. I was off going to get a uh, ADR for uh, Teppanito. I was getting, I was still thinking about food. Now, Japan Pavilion, I, it's one of my most favorite pavilions too. Uh, a lot for the food, but also just as you said for the music. 
we all have been familiar with with drums. We've all seen high school bands and and college bands playing the drum lines and all that kind of stuff. And I'm amazed by what those kids can do. Then you go to something like Matsuriza, and it's almost like Iron Chef of the the cooking world to you know just you know your local restaurant here. These guys are incredible, and the drums you know lose not giving them justice. A couple of feet, they're huge. They're like five and six feet across. Some of them are bigger than you are. You know, we could probably fit Lou in one of these drums. Um, they're huge, and is as you said, they're just gigantic in their sound too. You can be walking just into World Showcase from Future World, and you can hear those from all the way across. So they're just incredible to watch. You know, one of the things I love to do uh, while standing in line waiting to maybe watch Miyuki perform, you get to watch uh, Matsuriza, and really you almost get a two-for-one. And the fact that they are able to create such beautiful music with nothing but percussive instruments, I think is just fascinating to me as well, too. Yeah. It's very, very different than anything else. There, Nothing is sung. There are no other instruments. There is nothing playing other in the background other than the sounds, these very heavy sounds that are coming from these drums. Um, arguably one of my favorites. Probably not because the next pavilion, uh, again, for different reasons, but over in the American Adventure, uh, mm-hmm. the Voices of Liberty is one of the most evocative and emotion-stirring acapella groups of the most amazingly talented performers I think that you'll find uh, almost anywhere. Um, They are an eight-person acapella group. They are dressed in traditional American garb. Uh, They do their own renditions of, you know, popular and historical American songs, and it is literally, it, it is beautiful to listen to and when you stand there in the rotunda which is so acoustically perfect when they stand in the middle there uh it you get such an amazing audio performance there you could just sort of close your eyes and listen and i think acoustically it is the very best place anywhere in world showcase to watch a performance arguably arguably i will say it's maybe the best uh, acoustic place in all of Walt Disney World because the acoustics there are so incredible. If you have the opportunity as you're watching the Voices of Liberty to get that kind of front row seat, as it were, there is no actual seating. You just kind of sit down Indian style, as it were, crisscross, uh, applesauce, as my kids used to say. But if you get a chance to sit there you know, close to them and you can hear the acoustics perfectly, it absolutely is beautiful. This is gonna. This is one of those performances every time I watch it by the time I'm done I almost have to hold my chest in because you, it's just you swell so much with American pride and with uh, with joy of of our country um, so Voices of Liberty in my opinion is more than just a must do Voices of Liberty is a have to do uh, every time you go to Epcot because you know for many of us who are listening you know we have to be and we should be proud of our country and Voices of Liberty literally give voice to that American pride. And and you're right. And, you know, the fact that it it evokes an emotional response um, is really a tribute to not just the songs, but it's the performance of them. And I've heard them perform even outside of of the American adventure, and they still are able to sort of bring that home to you. So next time you go to see the American adventure, I think you should think it is for me one of the best shows, if not, I think it is the best show in Walt Disney World. So when you walk up to the door and you ask Lonnie, who's one of my favorite cast members, when the next performance is, if he says it's a half hour away, don't leave. Go into the rotunda, go look at the paintings, go look at the quotes on the walls, go look at the the museum display that they have off to the right-hand side, go look at the Hall of Flags, talk to cast members like Lonnie that will give you such an amazing history of the art and the pavilion and American history and then catch a set or two of the Voices of Liberty, I will tell you it it is it, it is probably one of the high, it'll be the highlight of your day in World Showcase. Oh, without a doubt, you know, you know, the Voices of Liberty is just a pre-show, and that in itself, you know, in other places, would be the attraction in and among itself, and and this is just a pre-show to something that's that's even just as incredible, you know, which is the attraction itself of the American Adventure. So. To say that this is really an experience um, really doesn't even give it justice. These two, kind of again, that one-two punch of putting the Voices of Liberty together as the pre-show 
to to the American uh, adventure is just wonderful. But yet there's more just outside. Right. And really what's outside is almost a pre-show to the pre-show. It's almost like right. the music and the cue to the pre-show. And again, this too is one that I think people don't necessarily will circle on their times guide. But if you're fortunate enough, about seven times a day, starting not long after World Showcase opens at 11, the Spirit of America, Fife and Drum Corps, which used to play in Liberty Square when they used to have the Sons and Daughters of Liberty uh, ceremony every day, uh, is a, a, a traditional early colonial American Fife and Drum Band. And they are just, with military precision, the way they perform outside uh, traditional songs with the flag waving. Again, you talk about sort of that sense of patriotism uh, that you have that goes all the way back to Walt. Walt was such a, a big patriot. I think he would love seeing the spirit of America and the voices of liberty. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. This is uh, a, a beautiful and wonderful uh, experience that's just outside the, the pavilion itself, very reminiscent to something that you will see in Williamsburg. Uh, you know, we, we get a chance, fortunately, we're in Williamsburg all the time, and I have to stop and see the Fife and Drum Corps. It is literally a piece of history walking right before you. Um, so if you see the Fife and Drum Corps playing, you got to stop and watch. This is a, a piece of American history being recreated right in front of your eyes and something that I think, again, all Americans should experience because it's a part of, of who we are and how we came to be what we are today. Absolutely. Uh, next door, speaking of heritage, my name ends in a vowel, so uh, I have an affinity towards the Italy Pavilion. I do miss Nova Era. Um, I do mm. miss um, some of the other live acts that they had outside. Nova Era for a little while was performing again at Downtown Disney. I was really glad to see them back. Right yeah, I heard that. Yeah, they were in front of Portobello. They set up a sort of little um, round stage area there, and there's a couple of different live musical acts, which I love seeing again in Downtown Disney. But Italy right now does not have... A musical act per se. They have Sergio, who's the juggler, and they have the Zidi sisters, which are relatively new, uh, which is a, a comedy act. Uh, and some of the women there are absolutely hysterical. So you will get some Italian music in the background, sort of letting bit. you know that they're coming, but not live musical performances per se. Yeah, and again, much like uh, we were mentioning for the French Pavilion, I think this is an opportunity missed, and and you know, hopefully one day we'll we'll see live music, you know, not just in the form of the ZD sisters, which is, they're fun, it's great comedy, and they do add uh, music into the comedic routine, but some more, you know, traditional and, and even contemporary uh, Italian music, hopefully that'll come back. Yeah, and next door, uh, over in Germany, uh, one of the places I, I like going with people, and my kids love going, is over in the beer garden, because you get a show, you get a show alongside your dinner. Uh, not a lot of musical acts necessarily performing outside, but uh, if you like that sort of oompa music, you can definitely get a good, you know, up close performance of that with sort of a, a traditional flair with a little bit more high energy with sort of that traditional Bavarian music. Yeah, uh, the Oktoberfest music content is just. Again, very similar to what you might see in a, a few other places in very traditional uh, German oompa music. You know, this is your very classic you know, boom, bump, boom, bump that you'll see with the huge horns and, and all of that uh, and the accordions and all. And another place where audience participation uh, really is part of the whole show. So you're going to be part of, of what's going on. You're going to be getting up. You're going to be dancing. You're going to be having fun. Um, and this is all part, literally, of the show, again, talking about food, that you can literally sit in, in as you're enjoying your bratwurst uh, or that great pretzel, uh, you get a, a fantastic show, too. And this is, again, that opportunity that uh, you'd love to see some sort of outdoor Oktoberfest kind of feel going on. You do mm -hmm. have, like, the little beer garden outside and... and uh, you know, even if you get, maybe you wouldn't get all six performers out there, but you get two or three with the tuba and the trumpet and the accordion getting people outside in that uh, in that square out in front of the Germany Pavilion. I think it would be another great opportunity there because right now you can only experience uh, the Oktoberfest music content if you are dining at Beer Garden. Yeah, again, this is very similar to what we were saying before. Maybe an opportunity not really missed, but one that could possibly be improved or 
better yet, maybe use the uh, Oktoberfest folks as they they come in from offstage somewhere and you know maybe where uh, Snow White, the Snow White meet and greet is, and they walk around and, and head into, as they're playing, head into the restaurant. Maybe that will even draw folks into uh, maybe the, the quick service side to uh, try and enjoy some of what's going on. I'm still holding out hope for our Ron River attraction that we were supposed to get decades ago. You and me, buddy. Uh, moving you and over me. To, uh, to China, again, no musical act per se. The new act right now is the Jewel Dragon Acrobats. Again, you wonder. It's it's an incredible sort of Cirque du Soleil-like mm-hmm. performance uh, with men and women. They used to have the uh, the young girls, the, the young China acrobats there before. But there is no musical act outside of China per se, although when you go into the pre-show uh, for the Circle Vision film or you walk through this, the uh, the attraction itself, you do get some nice music inside, but none of it is performed live. Yeah, and again, another missed opportunity. And you know, for those of us who remember the uh, opening Olympics, opening ceremony for the Olympics in Beijing a few years ago, we were all stunned at what we saw. The world was literally held captive at that time, and the music was part of that whole performance. And so this is one of those places in China I really, really hope that that uh, Disney will, will find a way to bring some live musical performance in it because Chinese music is absolutely beautiful. And so you know, who knows what will happen. And again, of course, it becomes, it becomes a learning the, opportunity yeah, for us as well, too, to become more familiar with the culture. There is a there is a consolation prize for for these pavilions France Italy China that we've talked about so far uh, and a couple of others. There is great uh, area music that is uh, themed and is appropriate for uh, each particular pavilion. So as you're walking around, you can listen to some of the the music uh, area music just kind of playing atmospheric music playing. So you know that's at least some good some good things to listen to. Absolutely, and and next door over in Norway. Uh, there's some nice, actually, there's some really nice areas right by the lagoon that have a couple of benches in the shade that you can get a sense of the piped-in background music. Uh, mm-hmm. They do have occasionally, it is not necessarily a regular, I know the, the schedule sort of varies with the Norwegian folk music group. I, I'm going to butcher this, so I apologize in advance. Spellman's Glage? Glage? I don't know. Your, your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea. <laughs> but, that one's all you. They do perform these very tradition, traditional Scandinavian, they're called gamaldans, these sort of old-style uh, dance tunes, and they are beautiful, and the costumes are, are gorgeous. We wouldn't even mention some of the costumes for the performers, obviously very, very traditional as well. Um, this, too, has, you know, this is not just Norwegian music. It's Again, this was supposed to be a Scandinavian pavilion, going back to early concepts for what Epcot Center was going to be. But it's got that folk music and dance music, and it's a little bit more modern, too. And there's accordions and recorders, and there's also basses, guitars, and fiddles. And the dance that they perform with that is really, too, beyond some of the other performances, what makes this one really nice to watch as well. Yeah, and this is one of those places where, much like Disneyland, you have some of these almost impromptu performances that are not necessarily scheduled and and routine that just all of a sudden appear and, hi, here we are, come listen to this. This is something that that I hope shows back up at at all different places uh, in Epcot. Yes, we have some of the the scheduled performers uh, like Off Kilter and some of the others that we've talked about, but also I think some of those little individual performances, like a lot of times what we see over at uh, Animal Kingdom, I think would be beneficial not only to, uh, frankly, to Epcot, but to all the parks. You know, Bring that back to the Magic Kingdom as well because live music – I think is is one of the the things that you can't get really anywhere else because it's live and it is that person and it's that that one on one experience. Well, I know one of your favorite things to do, Chuck Lionberger, is to grab your sombrero, your fiesta margarita, and hang out at the Mecca <laughs> Pavilion and listen to the Mariachi Cobre. It's a twelve piece mariachi band they perform again multiple probably about seven times a day they're out there quite often just to the right uh in between the pavilion and uh the the margarita stand and they are just such a lively happy fun group of guitar players and trumpeters and violinists and the music is so 
not only is it festive and it's just very happy, but it is very, it's warm too. And it also, I like it because it is that traditional sort of folk music. Without a doubt, Mariachi Cobra is wonderful. This is the, another place that I love to just sit and listen to the music because it, it is very traditional Mexican uh, music. And, and it's not something, again, that we get to experience all that often, uh, especially in some parts of the country. So to have that opportunity to listen to some authentic uh, uh, Mexican music is, is really wonderful. Uh, nice new sort of set, if you want to call it, built for them. They used to be playing in that little alleyway with just you know some... Uh, foliage there, and now they've kind of got this Aztec-looking uh, backdrop that also serves as the the meet and greet area for uh, for Donald Duck. But uh, Mariachi Cobra is something that another one of those that if you hear it, you really need to stop and listen because this is part of that Mexican culture. This is part of why the Mexico Pavilion is even here. And these guys are old school too. Like the the, yeah. the group was formed in '71, and they've been playing at at. Mexico since Epcot opened, so they've yeah. been around literally since day one, and they're they're kind of like Mexican rock stars too. Like they just don't play in Epcot. They've played with Linda Ronstadt, Julio Iglesias, and Carlos Santana. So they, you know, they're sort of uh, their music goes outside the confines of World Showcase. Yeah, they're right on the money. A lot of times, I would suspect that you know if you're listening to uh, some of the the watching cartoons and you hear that very classic uh, uh, La Cucaracha song or all that kind of stuff going on, it very well may have been Mariachi Cobre recording it because these guys, as you said, are you know, really the bomb when it comes to Mexican music. And again, you grab your margarita or if you come outside from La Cava de Tequila and it is just such a fun sort of celebratory kind of atmosphere outside. Um, I think maybe that's why a lot of people tend to go clockwise first and hit Mexico first because you hear that music off in the mm-hmm. background and it, and it is sort of that we talk about these visual weenies that, that are built that draw you in the, the Mariachi Cobre is sort of an audio weenie that sort of brings you over towards um, the Mexico Pavilion oh yeah I think that that's one of the reasons we often you know as we're touring the parks we often start with Mexico and, and a, lot of re- a lot of times it is due to Mariachi Cobre because as we're walking in we'll hear them playing and we're okay we're heading over there first because they're playing we want to catch them and see them so um they are that audio weenie that helps draw you into World Showcase, just as a lot of these bands are. Again, Matsuriza, you're hearing that deep, pounding drum coming from all the way on the other side of World Showcase. You're hearing Mo Rock and you're hearing Off Kilter. You're hearing these different bands. All this music just comes kind of wafting and, and echoing into Future World. And as you start to make your way towards World Showcase, you hear all of this great music and you you just can't help but go explore. Yeah, and I think that the two that you really do hear as you're walking from Future World is you do hear Off Kilter and you do hear the Taiko drummers from Japan. And mm-hmm. because of where they're located, it does sort of draw, like, what is that? You know, especially new guests, like, what what is that drum? Where is it coming from? And it does sort of encourage you to uh, to make your way around. You know, we're talking primarily, Chuck, about the live music over in World Showcase um, because that really is where it is highlighted. But I, I did want to mention one that is in Future World. It's mm-hmm. been around for a while. It no longer is the Christos. Remember the Christos? Those weird sort of alien ballet people over by the Interventions, yeah. Plaza, <laughs> Interventions Plaza. That was a while um, ago. That was that totally, that screamed 1980s to it. But yeah. Um, now That's why Lou still likes them. I, I do. I am totally stuck in the 80s. But now in Future World, both East and West, you'll find them maybe by Mission Space, by Test Track, a couple of different locations as well. They are actually listed on the Times Guide, but they seem as though they come out of nowhere, are the Jammeters. And that's because they are dressed like regular Walt Disney World custodians. And when they're walking around with trash cans and dustpans and fly swatters and everything else they use... And then they just stop and they drop and start playing. You, it's one of those things that you wish you could videotape the crowd's reaction because you go to the World Showcase pavilions, you expect those to, the performers to be up on stage. Their stage is the middle of Future World. So mm-hmm. they'll stop by Mission Space, turn a trash can over, and just start playing. And they too are, are 
they, they, their choreography working together, not just in music, but how they play off each other, how they move around, and also how they work the crowd into it as well. Kids, adults, everybody gets into the jammers. Oh, the jammers are just wild. There's no, no better way to describe them than they're just totally wild. They're almost like a flash mob. You, you never know when they're just going to show up. I mean, it's literally kind of like an audio flash mob. And next thing you know, you hear this, what's that? And, and they're just literally jamming. Is that your the impression? There you go. <laughs> See, Lou won't sing on the show, but you know, I'll take care of it. Yeah, the, kids, the kids love to watch the jamming. Every time I see them come, I'm like, guys, everybody, slow down. And it's almost like a secret. You know, because most people don't know what's coming. And I'm just kind of like, right. all right, guys, get ready. Here they are. They're going to get ready to do this. And sure enough, <laughs> here they go, and they take off. And, you know, it's just you see folks go, what in the world is they doing? Over? But then it's, oh, okay, this is a show. And so it, jammers are so much fun. So if you see some guys carrying trash cans around, and they're kind of acting a little goofy, it's probably the jammers, and you want to stick around. And the other thing, too, what's even more unexpected is during special events, especially like now during Food and Wine, they aren't custodians, they're chefs. So they be, the, the jammateurs become the jam and chefs. They're, so you think that, you know, why are they over here? They're dressed like they're from Food and Wine. Maybe go, they're going over to the Wonders of Life Pavilion. Next thing you know, they drop their pots and pans and then start playing. And uh, it, it's just, you can watch the crowd reaction as much as you can watch them um, and just to see how people respond to it. Yeah, and there's not a, for all intents and purposes, there's not a traditional instrument around at all. It's all things that are really just everyday stuff, pots, pans, trash cans, soups, forks, you know, all this kind of stuff, but yet they make some incredible music. So, you know, kids, you know, music is where you find it. So we know that Off-Kilter is probably far and away your favorite one. And But what I want you to do, Chuck, is if there's one that you think that's overlooked, one you think that people miss that they should sort of make a special trip or make a special plan or circuit, circle it on their times guide to go and see. Which one of the World Showcase musical acts would you recommend? Voices of Liberty, without a doubt. The one that I think is the most overlooked, because it is inside, um, I think it's the most overlooked, and, and that's sad in many ways, because I think it has some of the most beautiful music in all of Epcot. Yes, I like Off Kilter because I think Off Kilter is a ton of fun, and I like you know the the British music of the of the British Invasion or the uh, the the new group. But Voices of Liberty just it is that American spirit in sound, and I think all too often folks just walk right by. They see, oh wow, it's got a twenty five minute wait. I'll I'll come back. I'll, I'll catch it when it's about five minutes to go. Well, by five minutes to go, most of the time the performance has already ended. So they don't catch the uh, the performance of Voices of Liberty, or they only catch the last few minutes and then go, gosh, I wish I would have stuck stuck around and seen this. So Voices of Liberty, I would have to say, is probably the overlooked attraction in Epcot, live attraction in Epcot. I agree with you a hundred percent. And just the same way as you don't have to be Moroccan or Japanese or Chinese to enjoy their music. You don't have to be from America to enjoy. You know, a lot of people come from overseas and they too should sort of get what we get by visiting the other countries on the promenade. They should be able to get that by listening to and watching and, and seeing the Voices of Liberty. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, arguably my, my favorite of all the acts. Um, I think that the Taiko drummers are probably close behind it. But Chuck, I want to hear from the listeners. I want to know for the, from them, what is their favorite live musical entertainment in World Showcase. I'm actually going to post a poll in this week's show notes over at www.radio.com. Click on the podcast link. Find this week's show there. You don't need to register. Just click on what your favorite is. I'm very curious to see uh, from the listeners mm-hmm. what they feel is their favorite. Or in the comments section, you can also say, which is one maybe that you haven't gone to listen to before, but now maybe you're thinking, hey, let me go and check out Off Kilter. Let me go and see mariachi cobra let me go and try and see a full set of you know whoever else it might be um you know on the on the promenade yeah and at the same time if you have a comment about again some of that missing music that we've talked about share that as well do you agree do you disagree should some of those pavilions that don't have live acts should they have them and don't forget too for a lot of these live acts you can actually take their music home with you so you can go either where they're performing or into the shops and you can buy cds from them because they do perform and they have been performing for many years both in and outside of Epcot so definitely be sure and check them out as well 
Also be sure and check out Chuck's blog. It's DisneyDaddy.blogspot.com. Uh, he's got great stuff going on over there, including his Tip Tuesdays. Chuck, you definitely have to come back. We've got lots more uh, that we need to talk about uh, over in uh, in Walt Disney World. And thank oh, you yeah. again, buddy. Oh, anytime. Always a pleasure. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. And as it is Thanksgiving week here in the U.S., first and foremost, I want to offer my sincerest and most heartfelt thanks to all of you for taking the time and tuning in this and every week and for allowing me to share my passion for all things Disney with you. Uh, I, I say every week that I do appreciate you guys tuning in, but as I'm starting you know, pausing to reflect on all that I am thankful for this week. I think of you, my friends, and the joy that you have given me week after week for the past many years. Uh, I feel I am so fortunate enough to have been able to share my love of Disney with others since going back to 2003, and so grateful for the friendship that you have all extended to me. I say week after week that I believe that we are friends, whether we have met yet or not, and time and again at Meets of the Month, through emails or voicemails or random meets in the park, you guys have proven that to be true. So I want to thank you for all that you have shared with me, for continuing to fuel my passion every day, to inspire me to continue to be better, and hopefully I'm inspiring you in return, and maybe, just maybe, making your day or your next trip to Disney just a little bit better. So this Thanksgiving, I am thankful to and for all of you. Uh, as long as I'm in the thanking mood, might as well thank our partners and sponsors. Nice segue, Lou, including Mouse Fan Travel. They're my recommended travel provider for any type of Disney trip. You've heard Becky on the show in the past. You know the her and her agents can give you the best possible Disney experience. Visit them over at mousefantravel.com. Allstarvacationhomes.com has more than 150 homes within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World with pools and spas and game rooms, multiple master bedrooms, lots of great amenities. Again, they are allstarvacationhomes.com. And if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World on the most comfortable beds on property, in my opinion, the Swan and Dolphin over at swanandolphin.com has got 17 world-class restaurants, the Mandara Spa, lots of great Disney benefits there as well. Real quick, don't forget to come by, visit the site over at wdwradio.com. I want you to come by, comment on show 249, and take our poll at your favorite Epcot musical acts. While you're there, explore the site, the blogs, discussion forums, the shop, and so much more. Again, I want to hear from you guys, so you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Be heard on the air by calling 407-900-9391, leaving a voicemail for us there. Don't forget, every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, you can be part of our live video broadcast and chat where we discuss this week's Walt Disney World news over at www.newscast.com. A quick reminder about the Celebrations Magazine limited edition Christmas book. More than 120 pages of color photos, behind-the-scenes stories of the holiday celebrations at Walt Disney World. It is getting ready to ship soon. It is also a limited edition, and it is almost sold out. So if you're interested in getting a copy, you can still take advantage of our pre-order special, just $19.95 plus shipping and handling. You can check it out over at CelebrationsPress.com. There you can also download a free PDF sampler of Celebrations Magazine. Finally, please come by. Follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash WDWradio, and you can also add me to your circles on Google Plus, I am lumangelo.com slash G plus, it's lumangelo.com slash G-P-L-U-S, it'll take you right to my Google profile page, and as always my friends, and now more than ever, you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, thank you again for taking the time to listen each and every week, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about the show. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or Google+. And please come by, rate and review the show over in iTunes. And also remember that there is no time like right now. Tomorrow and someday will never come. So start pursuing your passion. And be positive. Be motivated to follow your dreams. And when you do, always keep moving forward. Make sure you do something that you love 
each and every day. And most of all, I hope you have a lot to be thankful for this holiday season. So thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. So until next time, have a great week, everybody. See ya. What's up, people? Josh Collin, that guy from MD on the website. Um, you know, Lou, I just want to congratulate you for winning the best travel podcast. And I think I speak for everybody, everyone, when I say, thank you, Lou. You know, you put so much work week in and week out on this podcast. And you never settle for just good enough. You make it the best it can be. And trust me, it is. I've learned so much about Disney, whether it be past attractions, fun events, or even a good place to get something to eat. You know, and all of this is because of the amazing podcasts that you produce week in and week out. And Lou, I just, once again, I just want to thank you for all the, for all the work you do to make this podcast. And, you know, congrats on the win. Trust me, man, you deserve it. And, um, you know, keep making the podcast, dude, and, you know, you can win it again next year, so I'll see you. Hey, Lou, it's Glenn from Alabama. Just finished listening to the top ten spookiest moments of Walt Disney World. Really enjoyed the show. Uh, as always, the top ten list, as I've said before, is my favorite uh, segment on your show. Uh, it's funny as or as comical as mentioning it's a small world sounds when you talk about the spookiest moment. Never would have really thought of it as spooky, but I tell you what, if you if you read Kingdom Keepers Volume 1, or the first edition, the first uh, uh, book of the Kingdom Keepers series, and those kids are in the small world after dark, and those little dolls start coming to life, coming after them, I cannot write that anymore without thinking about that. That's, that's pretty spooky or, 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 or pretty creepy. So I uh, just wanted to shout that out because y'all did mention that, and that is, is it is kind of funny. But the idea of those little things coming to life, that's, uh, that's a whole uh, Chucky moment going there. So anyway, I thought I'd throw that in. And then I sent you an email asking about the uh, Carousel of Progress show. I uh, was wondering if I heard correctly that the the Robin from Mary Poppins is actually the, is actually in the Carousel of Progress. Uh, that's my favorite Disney movie. And if, if I heard correctly, um, that that was worth uh, listening to the whole show just right there for uh, to know that that Robin actually still is in existence and is still in use in a present-day attraction. Uh, so looking forward to getting an email back. Hopefully um, I'll hear back from you on that, whether I heard that correctly or not. Um, but great show, as always, with, with Jim. And uh, all of your shows are great. Love to listen to them. Can't wait to get down there to the world pretty soon and, and hope to meet you one day. Thanks for all you do. Bye. Hey, Lou. Jen Tremley from Bristol, Connecticut. Just got uh, finished uh, listening to this week's show, 248, with you and Becky um, on the listener emails. I always love those shows. Um, just you guys always have a lot of information and a lot of good questions and emails that the folks write in. Um, so I just finished listening to that while I was working away on this Monday afternoon. Um, just wanted to say hello, and um, I just sent you an email. I'm not sure if anybody else, or if you or somebody else, or one of our listeners would uh, happen to know this, but I love when you play the uh, background music um, for Epcot. Uh, I have the original, uh, you know, Epcot entrance medley from the two-disc uh, Park CD, um, but I love the music that they play in the background between Interventions East and West and the plot in the central area there by the Fountain of Nations, and I never can seem to find it anywhere. Um, and I know you play it sometimes in the background um, on the podcast. Just wondering if you um, could drop me an email. I just sent you one today, or, or if somebody else happens to know, um, let me know. Um, I'd love to be able to find that one of these days. I'm a big um uh, music person as far as the uh, tr- uh, parks are concerned. I love listening to it. Um, anyway, I also had another suggestion for one of your top ten segments with uh, Tim Foster. Um, I was wondering if maybe you guys, even though you know you guys are guys, uh, I was wondering if you were interested in possibly doing a top ten uh, best places to shop at Disney, um, maybe top ten stores um, at Disney World. Um, I know there's so much different shopping and different things that people collect and look for. Um, it would be curious to see what your list would be like, uh, for the top 10 
uh, stores or shops in Walt Disney World. So that's my suggestion for this week. Thanks again for everything. Next time you say uh, see Becky, say hi for me. I'm going to most likely be booking my, my upcoming trip to Disney with uh, MEI Mouse Van Travel, which I've never done before. So I'm looking forward to you dealing with Becky and her group. And uh, I just wanted to say thanks again, and I will talk to you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, it though. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo.